Good morning, Redding Family Church. My name is David, for those of you that have not met me. Um, I'm one of the elders in the church, and today I'll be bringing God's word to, to you. I'm excited to bring God's word. I'm continuing our sermon series from the book of Luke. And um, today we're looking at Luke chapter 4 from verses 1 to 15. And uh, our sister Fahana is going to be doing the reading for us. Over to you, Fahana. Luke chapter 4, verses 1 to 15. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I will give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about him went out through all the surrounding country, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. Thank you, thank you so much, for Anna, for, for bringing God's word to us, for reading for, reading for us this morning. I, I, this text, if you've been a Christian for many years, it's a, a text that you, you must have had, the temptation of Jesus, how he was led to the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, and he was tempted. And he overcame, and after that, he started his ministry. But before we go into that, I, I just want to dwell on the first line of that of this text. And that was, it says, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord. He was filled. The Spirit of the Lord led him. The Spirit of the Lord led him. Now, this is very important. I don't know if you, if where you are, who you understand who the Holy Spirit is. He's a person. He's the third person in the Trinity. He's God himself. And he's the promise of the Father that Jesus told his disciples, it's important that I go away because if I don't go, the comforter is not going to come. The Holy Spirit is the helper. He's the one that helps us to lead the life. Jesus, in the background to this text was verses 3. He, he just went to, to John the Baptist to be baptized. And when he was baptized, the Holy Spirit came upon him like a dove. And, and God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So this was the background. He came from there to this chapter, verses 4. He was full of the Spirit and was led to the wilderness. The full of the Spirit is where I want us to dwell in it. I, I just believe God has been speaking to me that he wants to feel us afresh. There's a, there's, it's like there's a hunger in the heart of the Father. He wants to feel us. I feel God has been looking at us like, why are you struggling? I'm here, I'm the helper. I want to help. 
I want to fill you afresh. The beauty about the God of the Bible is he never tells us to do something that he has not given us ability for. So God is not going to tell you to do something if he has not made provision for it. The whole point of Jesus coming to die was to give us salvation as a gift because we can't even work for it in the first place. Then the next dimension to it is the Holy Spirit. If you recall, the apostles, I mean, Peter, for example, denied Jesus three times. Because, you know, Jesus told them, in fact, they should wait, they should tarry in, until they are endued with the power of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus knew, in fact, he told them in John 16, that it's important that I go. Because if I do not go, the Holy Spirit will not come. And he, when he comes, he called him the helper. So the Holy Spirit is the helper. He's the one that helps us, helps us to live a victorious Christian life. The temptation of Jesus here, he was led by the Spirit. The Spirit helped him to overcome. We'll get, get to that in the later part of the sermon. But my point is, there's a something about the feeling of the Holy Spirit. That's why I think Ephesians 5 said, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. I don't know if you have not been baptized with the Holy Spirit. I encourage you to. It will do you good. Be baptized by the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. One of the ways, the first time the Holy Spirit came, when Jesus said that he would come, it was in Acts 2. When Jesus came in Pentecost, he man, there was a manifestation. In, 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 in Pentecost, they spoke in tongues. Now, that is one of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, but it's not the only manifestation. The Holy Spirit can manifest in many other ways. I want to encourage you to, to, to desire, if you're not yet filled with the Holy Spirit, it will do you good. Now, in Isaiah chapter 11, there, there's, from verses 1 to 3, it says that he, the Bible calls him the Spirit of the Lord. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of the Lord. He's the Spirit of counsel. He's the Spirit of wisdom. He's the Spirit of knowledge. These are very important. So the Holy Spirit gives you wisdom, knowledge, counsel. He, so these are key, big, big, big words. Wisdom to tell you what to do part time. Because at times life, life can be very conflicting. That you really don't know what to do. But the Holy Spirit can give you wisdom on what to do. He's interested. Not just the Holy Spirit is not just to the church, not just to the four walls of church. Obviously, now we're not meeting in the church. He wants to be involved in your life. He wants to be involved in your workplace. He wants to give you inspiration. He wants to give you direction, counsel. I like in that in that Isaiah 11 verses 1 to 3, that he's called the spirit of the fear of the Lord. The Holy Spirit gives you, impacts on you the fear of the Lord. This is very important because the fear of the Lord is not the panic fear, it's a referential fear that makes you not to take God for granted, that makes you to reverence God. That was what was upon Joseph. You remember Joseph? When he was tempted with Potiphar's wife. Nobody was there. Joseph could have just given in. But he said, how can I do this wicked thing? And sin against God. The fear of God and the reverence of God, which was the work of the Spirit, constrained him. So that's something the, the Holy Spirit, that he helps you to fear God and reverence him and not to take the grace of God for granted. You know, so shall, you know, I think it's, it's, uh, Paul will say, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? So the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He's the spirit of the fear of God. 
He's the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might. These are things. So he manifests in this dimension all through scriptures. I mean, through history, the Holy Spirit has come upon people at different times. I remember Bazali in the Old Testament. The Spirit came upon him with witty inventions. So he was very creative. So the Holy Spirit is involved in creativity. He's in medicine. If you check through history, Christians have been inspired by the Holy Spirit to bring solutions to drugs, different things at different times. So the Holy Spirit wants to be involved in every aspect of our lives. Jesus was full of the Spirit and he went to the wilderness. So I want to encourage us to desire a fresh relationship with him. I like one metaphor for the Holy Spirit, and that is fuel. You know, like fuel that you need to put in your car, in your car to move. You need to put in an, an aeroplane to fly. I like that metaphor. I want to use that. And interestingly, in the Old Testament, you see a lot that oil represents the Holy Spirit. He's not oil, he's a symbol. Now, it's very important. If you see that in the screen, there's a picture of a jet, jet uh, fighter. That jet fighter plane can do so many things. But you know, if there's no oil in it, if there's no fuel, it cannot fly. No matter how much it tries. In the same way, you cannot live your fullest potential as a Christian without the Holy Spirit. It's so key. Can I encourage you? He's not, he's not just a thing. He's a person. You can relate with him. You can cultivate a relationship with him. He can empower you. There's so much potential that you're carrying that he's the one that we unleash it. You know what the scripture says? He said, eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. The things God has prepared for those who love him. He's going to reveal it by his spirit. Can you imagine? Unlearned guys that could not speak, that they did not, nothing was said about the educational, the Bible, I mean, the disciples of Jesus, nothing was said about where they were from. They were like the, from the low-class fishermen. But those same guys, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they became wonders. God used them so much to advance the kingdom. Honestly, you had no idea what your life will become when you allow the Holy Spirit. You will become a surprise to you yourself. He's going, to, he's going to change you that you're like, is this me? Peter, that was denying Jesus, became so bold and was speaking. These same guys, they will be arrested for speaking the gospel, put in a prison, and they'll be praising God in the, in the, in the, in the cell. That, is, that doesn't make sense. That's only possible through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what he does. So you do all hell and it's breaking loose, but there's some peace in your spirit. That you know, that, that cannot be explained. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He, he's so real. Honestly, he is. And I just feel God wants to encourage us to cultivate a relationship with him. Too quickly, there are two dimensions of the workings of the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit works internally and he works externally. So Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6 says, It's not by power, it's not by might, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. So the Holy Spirit wants to work in us. If you look at the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5, you'll notice the fruits of the Spirit from 22 thereabout talks about character. And it talks about character. The Holy Spirit wants to work on patience, wants to work on your faith, your love, gentleness, self-control. So the Holy Spirit wants to work in us. That's one of the first things he wants to do. Then the second thing is excellent. He wants to work through us. In us first and through us. In us, then there'll be an overflow for true, true us. 
He wants to work in us. So that's the one key thing I want us to know. So expect to see the Holy Spirit work through you. I mean, in you, then he works through you. Don't be in a hurry for the Holy Spirit to work through you. That's that's going to be, it's it's just going to be natural. He, he, he will work in you. When he works in you, it will be so evident that people, when you step into places, they know there's something about this. They, they, people can't put words to it, but they know there's something about you that's different. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He just brings you, you just embody him. He changes your character. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Now, as I begin to round up, look at the way Jesus handled temptation and gained victory was he spoke the word. The third point I want to make is the spoken word. Do you notice Jesus did not whisper the words? He spoke the words. I love the scripture. If you, when you have time at home, read it 2 Peter from verses 1, 19 to 21. It talks about the day star rising in your heart. It says, there's a sure word of prophecy that when you look at it, the word becomes flesh in you. The Holy Spirit ministers the word, illuminates it. I want to encourage you, whenever you read the Bible, call the Holy Spirit to expound God's word to you. The Bible says the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. John 6, 63 said, so the words I speak to you, they are spirit and life. There's something about the Holy Spirit when he breathes on God's word. It starts being just an ordinary literature. It becomes life. And from it, it gives you instruction. From it, it gives you direction. That when you trade with them, you gain victory over temptation. Jesus was not mumbling. He, would, he didn't whisper. He said, it is written. He spoke the word. So it's like a double, double weapon. The Holy Spirit inspires on the word. When he inspires on the word, speak the word to the temptation. Don't be quiet. If you remember, if you have time, go and read, I think, 1 Samuel 17. Or was it 1 Kings 17? David and Goliath. Do you know David spoke more words than Goliath? Don't be quiet. When God, when you're facing temptation, the devil wants you to be quiet, but don't give it. Don't allow it. Speak the word with faith. And it's not just speaking, oh, I just want to speak God's word. That's why I said the Holy Spirit, he will inspire the word. He will reveal the word to you. And when he reveals, then speak that word in faith to that temptation. And just like he gave Jesus victory, it will give you victory. That's the way to live a victorious Christian life. And by the way, victory is God that determines the victory. So for Paul, he got victory before God, but he was still in prison. For Jesus, he got victory because he didn't fall to those temptations. My point is God in his sovereignty determines what the victory is. But the point is for you to be faithful, to stand in and not to allow the temptation weigh you down. That's the, that's the whole point because God has wisdom. Through his spirit, he will tell you what to do, how to do it, when to do it, what to stop, the door to open, you know, not to be discouraged when, when one door closes because you know seven others will open, like Sean preached yesterday, uh, last week. All things will work together for good if you love him because the Holy Spirit is the divine strategist. He's going to make sure all things work together for your good. I'm going to round up on this point. Do you notice that the Holy Spirit sent Jesus to the wilderness? In verses 4, verse 1, Jesus was led to the wilderness. Verses 4, verse 14, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. So first, Jesus was led to the wilderness. I don't know if you read your scripture very well. Oftentimes, God meets people in the wilderness. David had an encounter with God in the wilderness. Remember when he faced the lion, the Beatrice in the wilderness. 
You know, God made Mo met Moses in the wilderness. The wilderness, there's something about the wilderness that God uses to shape people. It's a private life. God is interested in shaping us. Private ministry before public ministry. So Jesus was busy in the private. God made him the wilderness. Then guess what? In verse 14, he returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Don't be in a hurry if you're a Christian. Don't be in a hurry if, if you're you 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 want I want God to use me. Those things are great. The first focus is I want to know God. I want to grow in my relationship with God. I want to know the Holy Spirit because God will shape you and make you. And when He does that, then an overflow of that is God using you to affect your world. He works in us, then He works through us. Can I encourage you this time? We'll pray in a minute. Can I encourage you to to desire a freshness? There's something fresh. He said, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Can I encourage you? Open your heart. Lean in right now. Stretch your hand and say, I'm going to make a big prayer of faith. I've been praying for this and I feel God wants to rekindle that in you. For you to have a fresh connection with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I just pray for us as a church. Would you feel us afresh? Come, Holy Spirit, even now, through the screen, right now. Rekindle freshness. Feel us afresh. Lord, we want more. We know there is more. We know there is more. Whatever it is, Holy Spirit, feel us now. Lake, feel us now. Feel us now. Oh, from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet, feel us as a church. Let there be a fresh hunger. Let there be a fresh desire. As we pick the Bible to read, Holy Spirit, speak to us. Let the spiritual eyes of our understanding be open. Impact us with fresh hunger and desire for you. We don't want to be tired. We know by strength shall no man prevail. You said it's not by power. You said it's not by might, but by your spirit. Holy Spirit, we, we own up. We, have, we, we cannot do it on our own. We can't. We have tried and it has failed us. Would you feel us afresh, Holy Spirit? From the crown of our head to the soles of our feet, help us to focus on that which matters. That no matter the temptations that come, we will use your word. We will use your spoken word. Your spirit will illuminate your word in our hearts and we will speak it to address that situation. And the same way you give Jesus victory, we will get victory. Enough of those whispers that keeps us down. Enough of those temptations that makes us doubt the integrity of our faith. In this season, as we look at this sermon series, help us to be rooted by your spirit, to be grounded, that we'll be resolute and we'll be able to say like Paul, I know whom I believe and I'm persuaded that he's able to do and bring to pass what he has said. I am not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel, but I am moved by your word. Lord, help us by your spirit to be that deep and resolute in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you're here, you know you're following Jesus. Can I encourage you? It will do you good. Please come follow him. That Jesus said he's the way, the truth, and the life. Nothing, nothing in this world will satisfy you like Jesus will. Alpha is going to be starting in a couple of weeks in the church. Can you plan to attend? Invite your friends. Come and explore this journey. Get into the kingdom. Then get the fuel into your life. The Holy Spirit, he's going to, he's exciting. He's going to make life worth living. No, don't get me wrong. You might face challenges, but he's, he'll be there with you. He's going to help you through it. That's the beauty about the Christian faith. God bless you and keep you 
in the name of Jesus. Amen.